0: What is, everyone? Welcome back to Nerd On. You are listening to Mandalorian, the most official, unofficial companion series for The Mandalorian on Disney+. Oh, and boy, do we have a special episode today. Huge. On this episode, we break down uh, plot, key characters, and give our takeaways from mythos to narrative aspect. Uh, We cover Chapter 16, The Rescue today, the Season 2 finale, Tom. Finale. We made it. The Finn Ale. And Oh, poor Finn. Left in the dust. Uh before we get started, my name is Corey. I am Tom. And this yes. episode is brought to you by the oh. wonderful, beautiful people uh over the Nerdon Nation powered by Patreon. You want me to take over? Yeah, sure.
1: Okay. Um yeah, on Patreon. Uh, you can find uh that over at Nerdon.tv backslash Patreon. You guys listen to this podcast so much. You You guys already know what a Patreon is. If you don't, check it out and see for yourselves. But it is probably the best way you can support us so we can make more episodes and then give you more podcasts to listen to. We try to always make new things like videos and art forms. Um, Check it out. Patreon, nerdon.tv backslash Patreon. Yeah. but also uh, being part of it you get to really cool perks uh, like uh, uh, special discord servers special discord server where you can actually um have this like nice little section for you that no one else sees and we can have just conversations because you have this like frontline access and speaking of frontline access you get a nerd on nudge um on our update show where you a- ask questions to us and we answer it on the show um yeah, so compared if you're to part of the Patreon, years get answered first exactly um and uh speaking of that update show, you get that early. You get that oh, the, before the everyone. The
0: accesses does. for our updates and our regular shows, Tom. Is that what you're talking about?
1: Yeah. Uh wow. so you could hear that before uh where we before we put it on the, the for the rest of the, the the channels in the world. Um yeah. but uh yes, we couldn't make this episode or the rest of our podcast shows during 2020 specifically without apogee and odyssey. That's right. Uh, so, uh, with this Apogee hype mic, the ultimate podcasting microphone, um, it's it's how we've been able to record very nice audio so we sound like we're right next to you. You um, know, we are, our number one thing that we want to do on top of making good uh, episodes is to give you good audio. And how do you hear that audio? Uh, you know, we can hear each other with these wonderful Odyssey headphones. So, uh, please check them all out at nerdon.tv on our website. You can see uh, all the gear. You can see how you get yourself some of them. And there's also affiliate links too, where if you go through those links, that's how you can help us out even more. Um, but check out more of that information. Also be part of the conversation of the Mandalorian show on our Discord at nerdon.tv backslash discord, which is open for everybody. That's um, right. Just not those uh, nice Nerdon Nation uh, those secret channels. channels. Those secret channels. But let's um, get into
0: it, Tom. Let's get into we it, but those to talk bills about are paid. Here, man. Yes. We got uh, we got the finale. The Favreau and Filoni have wrapped up their season two of the space western samurai western whatever you want to call this thing that is the Mandalorian um, Let's show. with an with an epic buildup that absolutely to me at least on a storytelling level blows the last season finale out of the water uh, because it's actually interesting. It's uh, I'm actually invested more so in the characters than I wanted. I mean, season one was cool. But like you've you've pointed out over the second season, like okay, so now we care. We care about more than just Mando, um, and we we understand the lore behind certain things that were like for people like me in season one, the end of season one, when he pulls that dark saber out, you're like, oh my god, I know what that is. But to everyone else, it didn't make any sense. Uh, now we understand it. Now we know. Um, yeah. How how was your initial reaction on this thing? Um, I'm going to quote probably the most.
1: Um uh, appropriate thing to quote in it's Drax but instead of changing it up instead of why is Gamora in this season we got why is Din <laughs> and Yeah, so I think in season one they played a lot of this you know fast and loose of like who's this Mandalorian and for me I don't care um, I need to know why I should care about the Mandalorian um, and this season um, like Corey mentioned gave you a lot of that gave you a lot of like I care about him because he cares about this child uh-huh. And I, 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 that's the thing that I've been needing for the series to to be something for me. Um, and this season he gave it to me. And so again, I've said before, I'm very critical of the series as well as the House of Mouse and blah blah. Uh-huh. But the Mandalorian show, like this season too, like I'm, I've felt some of the same f- pleasure that I uh, from experiencing Rebels and experiencing sure. Clone Wars, where you get yeah. these character moments and these these groups of people that are like, cool, I care about this group, and I want to know what happens in their adventures. And it kind of doesn't matter what happens, because they have built a great rapport with themselves. Um, And uh, so my initial reaction with this season finale, um, I think there is a a heavy dose of fan service. Take it wherever you want to take it. Um, But also, there is... um, There was a moment, I can't wait to talk about this, but there was just pure cinema. And I at that part, I was just like, I need more of this. I'm excited in, to hear about that. In a Star War. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I still think uh, my Rick Famuyiwa episode is my favorite episode. Sure, me but too. But this one is still like, amongst all the Mandalorian episodes, to your point, this one blows season one finale out of the water because there there's just some really good moments in
0: there. Yeah, so. and the after credit scene is it's pretty makes great. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, um
1: so now we'll get out of those uh initial reactions and goes yeah. into our production stuff. country we'll do a little bit of production stuff so this episode in particular was written by john favreau um and it was directed by peyton reed um who directed ant-man films uh yes man and bring it on and i remember on the internet a lot of people were just like m- lamenting over the fact that peyton reed was going to direct the finale and i think a lot of people ate their words so I was really glad to see, like, oh, l- look, this is really Hey, fun. look, if you don't,
0: like, bring it on, something's wrong with you.
1: Yeah, or Yes Man, I think.
0: <laughs> I think Yes Man's a
1: wonderful film. Um, but uh, the episode includes uh, acting fa- uh, people that we were we recognize, remember, uh, Tamar Morrison, Aquaman, Green Lantern, Attack of the Clones, Katie Sackhoff returns as Bo-Katan from Battlestar Galactica, Clone Wars, I Ming-Na mean, Wenis, Fennec um, from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Mulan, Eureka, Gina Carano comes back as Cara Dune, um, which was kind of nice seeing like, okay, cool. She's along for the ride for the, you know, not gonna yeah, just drop yeah, her yeah, back right. off. Um Haywire, Fast and Furious, and Deadpool. Sasha Banks comes back um from all the WWE War royalty, and that is um graced upon by the Crusaders. They understand like, yes, we understand royalty. And then surprise, surprise, here's the big spoiler. Mark Hamill. Yeah. Uh Mark Hamill from uh Did he provide the voice? Yeah. Uh I think he did. Uh yeah, uh, well, I mean he I think he was surprise on set. Yeah. uh so uh child's play invincible and uh a regular show uh nothing else other uh, big than other than that no. um the release date for the episode was december 8th what a joker 18th right um <laughs> uh and this is the eighth episode of the second season the, the episode length was 45 minutes and uh that's all we got for that production stuff so now we can kind of get into it favorite parts and characters and also just or our just discuss, discussion about it. Um. So, Corey, what,
0: what, what, what yeah. give me, give, give, it, give it to me. So we'll go favorite parts first here, uh, and then we'll get into some like existential, uh, cinema stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, one of my favorite parts was the fight with the dark trooper. At least as far mm-hmm. as like tension and story building goes, the fight with the one dark trooper that gets out while the other ones are like pounding on the glass over and over again, and you know he's just trying to get to this this switch, right? Mm-hmm. And there's no conceivable way to kill this thing. Uh, I just thought like that, I was on the edge of my seat for that whole scene, um, which is more on the edge of my seat than I've been for a lot of the fights in in Mandalorian. And I think uh, Mandalorian has had some cool moments, but like I wasn't on the edge of my seat when, uh, you know, Tamura was bashing people with the the bantha stick or whatever. Uh, I, I was excited about it. I thought it looked cool. But this is the first time I was actually kind of, wasn't sure the outcome of it rather mm. for Mando. Right. Um, of course I knew he'd live, but I didn't know what kind of damage would be done. Uh, cause those things were terrifying. Like they did a really good job. Uh, Peyton Reed did a really good job of directing and making sure that this, this thing was terrifying. And then that you still had the building in the background of these other things punching their way out of this door. Um, and then, you know, of course he pulls out the Beskar spear and that's the thing that, that gets the job done. Um, yeah, and for me, uh, that, I, 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 that got, I
1: got, I got major Terminator vibes.
0: Yeah, right, And I
1: thought that was pretty fun. Uh, Terminator Salvation. uh, Yes, dude. Particularly just because it's just like, Christian Bale's John Connor is like, he's not a weakling, but also he's fighting against a T-800. So it's like, you're you're not gonna beat this thing. And so I think, again, something I've wrestled with in Star Wars, particularly the Mandalorian, is that Din Djarin is a capable fighter, but he's not the most capable no, so he's not a Batman. He doesn't have that plot armor. Like he's,
0: kind, it, he's just like a little scrappy, a little bit, you
1: know. Yeah, um, and his his it's his salvo and his you know uh, his his tech that kind of helps him right. win. Yeah, um, so seeing that fight was like pretty like to your point, it was pretty entertaining. Of like, oh yeah, okay, and and again, there there is good tension building of like, okay, they're coming out one like one arm comes out and then it pulls the door open and it's like it, it felt yeah, I just felt major Terminator vibes and I. Don't mind it. And I felt like, okay, we, I, if we got more of these guys, I'd be happier with because, like, they're, you know, the characters we've been following are not Jedi. So they wouldn't mm-hmm. be scared of these things.
0: Yeah, they're terrifying. Um, I'd say uh, another favorite part of mine was actually the very, albeit quick, uh, Cantina brawl between mm-hmm. Boba Fett and uh, the other Mandalorian. Uh, I can't recall her name right now. Oh, yeah. Um, the wrestler. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sasha Banks. Uh Sasha Banks, thank you. Um to me that again was was um one of the cooler fights in in the season as quick as it was, but it had the most interesting interaction or movement, rather, choreography. Um getting to see her use that jet pack for a second to run up the wall, uh, and kind of body slam him and then have their, you know, uh both have their their flamethrowers kind of interact with each yeah. other. Uh it's it's a lot of little things i like and we'll get into the big stuff towards the end but i w- i want to highlight some little things earlier in the episode uh obviously and that that was one of them
1: yeah um i guess my favorite all all time moment and this is the quote unquote pure cinema moment
0: yeah um, is
1: is when din Jaren has to give grogu away yeah man um and i say why is it pure cinema like it's the height of the emotion of the episode sure but it's because there's no dialogue it's mm-hmm. just performance you know it's two actors uh two actors two one and a half actors the other half is sure. a cgi face <laughs> but yeah well,
0: the, um it's there's two a puppeteer act- there too
1: yeah and there's a puppeteer uh, well that's the thing where it's like they're two actors looking at a puppet you know mm-hmm. and having to you know just with look and performance and camera angles and music you know that and this action, moment yeah. is a big moment that yeah, taking, taking his off, helmet off helmet willingly off, It's telling, showing Grogu. And then that's the thing where it's like, so Luke Skywalker comes in and he says, Come here, little one. And he says, um, He doesn't want to go with you. He's like, He needs you to give him permission. He needs you to accept that he's going. Um, And so Din Djarin picks him up and says, You know, this is where you belong. You know, like, I won't forget you and we'll see each other soon. Takes off the helmet. No ADR for the helmet falling down for no reason. But, uh, you know, it's a moment. And, and he finally walks away and you know, well, r two moment there, r two moment, but like Luke looks back and he just gives him, you know, they just look at each other, knowing the choice that was made. And that's my right. big deal about, you know, when people talk about character, I, yeah, you know, it's much more about like character choices and giving them the option to to succumb to what their want is. And, you know, he wants to protect the child. He wants to be there for the child. But what he needs to have is that the child needs to be the safest he can be. And right. he's not going to be safe with, with Din Djarin. He's going to be safe no. being with, with other Jedi.
0: Yeah. And Luke, you know, Luke is, uh, force users are sensitive to emotion. And so mm-hmm. that obviously there's some understanding. Like you said, there's a look of understanding of like, I know this wasn't an easy choice. Um, yeah. And, and like, I would have to say that yeah, that was a highlight for me too. That that got me teary-eyed for sure. I was like holding it back. I was like, All right, man, you be good. You be good. Uh so uh I, I gotta give my hats off to uh Pedro Pascal as well. Yeah. Cause I think he 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 nailed it. Um and, and- it, just in his eyes alone, he he nailed that that scene. Just to actually talk a little bit about some some
1: quote-unquote news and controversy. There was a sure. lot of talk before season two of Mandalorian where it was starting that Pedro Pascal was not on good terms with the filmmaking of Mandalorian because mm-hmm. he didn't get to take off his helmet as much. And mm-hmm. I kind of have to side a little bit with that. I understand the storytelling sure. piece and I've always been very critical of like superhero films that like they just have to take off their mask at every moment i'm like dude what's the point of having it if you just take it off all the time
0: i, um, I gotta say they they nailed it this season in the moments that he did
1: yeah and that's the me that's like oh, i get to see some pretty fucking great acting from pedro pascal so it's you know like it, it it's rewarded in the sense of like hey like we get to have these good moments when we do see your face um and yeah. you know there is a lot of work done in physical performance. You know, and the actor who it plays in Jaren, the physical form is sometimes not Pedro Pascal. So right, it's it's just a it's an interesting to see at the end of it all on the other side of where season two is. But um, another favorite part that I um really enjoyed was yeah, please. um, katan and uh, Sasha Banks. character is um, Casca Reeves. Thank um, you. So when the two um, Night night owls uh mandalorians as well as cara dune and fennec are just kind of ransacking going
0: through yeah the thing i really liked
1: about that and
0: i, I think, think it's what marvel wanted to do with their a-team and endgame yeah better because it wasn't
1: like look at us and i've been talking about that a lot and you know for all the female listeners of the show i'm not trying to take away any empowering moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had like a conversation with a friend, a, bl- a black friend, and we were talking about like films and we we're talking about people of color that like a lot of storytelling has to feel like there's kind of the pomp and circumstance of it. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't want to take anything away from the Avengers Endgame moment. No, um, no, 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 That's not what I meant. I apologize yeah, for that. We're, and that. So that's why I want to talk about the Mandalorian version of it where it was just more of like, it just feels so regular and not yes. of like, like it's part of the world. Part of the world, but also just, like, there wasn't a cool pose moment. There was, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I think Blade Three is the biggest, like, offender of, like, let's cool pose. (laughs) Um, Yes. And uh, I love it. Um, But then in Mandalorian, it was just, like, we're going, we're doing it, and there's hardly a conversation of, like, I got your back. You know, even Birds of Prey kind of has that, like, hey, I'm going to do this thing because girl power. And it's, like, Mm -hmm. I think there needs to be more of that so that we find more normalization in it. And so exactly. it doesn't feel like this, oh, my, look at how good, like, a black person was portrayed on TV. It's like, maybe that should always be the thing. I was like, yeah. Oh, look, women like women instead yeah. of hating each other. It's like, maybe that should always be the it thing. Be
0: the thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. uh, I mean, that's the, to bring that, not to bring this into it or anything, but Car Serum does, that's the whole point of um, their lead aura, mm-hmm. is, a, is a warrior who happens to be a woman, but at no point in the story or in that world is that an unusual thing. Mm-hmm. Or brought up. Yeah. Ever um it's just that in this world there are warriors some happen to be men some happen to be women some happen to be gnomes like it's just it's it it let's normalize this shit you know what i mean let's normalize it, it so we can have these moments of really good storytelling that aren't overshadowed by spectacle yeah and
1: it doesn't like comparatively to the the sequel trilogy it doesn't feel like it's all based on someone's lineage like Bokatan is probably the most royal out of all of them, but like that's why she's quote unquote the leader of that team. Um, mm-hmm. But Kara Dune and Fennec are you know just normal characters in this world. Yeah, obviously they have military backgrounds, but like they're not propagated based on like where they came from. They're badass all by themselves. Yeah. You know? So it's it's yeah they they're they're able like Kara Dune's gun jams up, and then she <laughs> has to use it as like a a, a a you know a bat, and then that was cool. Like the I storm stormtroopers corner Caradine and Fennec, and then the the Mandalorians have jetpacks, so they you know ambush it instead. So it's like they have their own moments where you know because yeah, like,
0: they didn't take their jetpacks off.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's <laughs> yeah, right? um, so yeah. I I enjoyed those moments, and also I just really enjoy seeing nothing against Din Jaren and Boba Fett's armor, but I've just seen them so much in live action. Sure, where like seeing the Night Owl mandalorian armor and then seeing the gun wieldy you know gunslinger kind of stuff i'm like i'm here for this i could use Um,
0: more of this i will say that getting to see the fight between uh i loved the scene between gideon and and um mando yeah uh over the baby and then you know the the attack on the back of him which obviously didn't strike him through because it's beskar which moff gideon i don't know would know that it is uh invulnerable to to light to the dark saber um well, i thought that whole what, fight was what, really you're, well you're not taking his advice assume he knows everything oh right yeah true uh but uh yeah i i thought that fight was really well choreographed as well and very interesting and um it didn't I, seem it didn't like you said it didn't seem like Darren is this magic fighter who knows the best moves in any situation it was very scrambly it was very like on the defense the entire time uh it felt like real sword fighting. You know, there's some movies where the sword fights are all, like, very beautiful. But you're like, if he just swung to the left right now, he'd get him. Yeah. But um, it doesn't look as cool.
1: I liked a lot of the kicking of the of the spear to, yeah. to go around the arm kind of thing. And the thing is that there is a good sense of, like, there's a pause and here's a fight. And then, you know, utilizing the the environment around you to kind mm-hmm. of lay pressure. And then For also sure. just the framing of it feels better like because they yeah. they place people in like higher and lower angles so it's like okay cool i know who's winning i know who, you know who's
0: losing right. um, um so the last yeah, thing I, I thought i'm gonna bring up and this was a little this isn't any sort of choreography or cool moment but i just i found myself very interested in this moment uh you know gideon says you're letting me survive well this should be interesting and then there's the standoff between mm-hmm. Mando and Bo-Katan, of him going, I yield, take it. Mm-hmm. And her struggling, knowing that she can't really take it. Uh, and Gideon just getting this joy out of this, you know, someone's put a gun on the table, who's mm-hmm. going to grab it first? Uh, I thought that was really cool, actually. Uh, as far as, like, story and, and plot, moving the plot along. Uh, is like, let's put a crowbar in between this relationship, suddenly.
1: Yeah, um... Because just because we're going to talk about it, one of the favorite one, one, one of my favorite things to watch, um, just purely as an uh, like my eyeballs, um, is is Luke coming back and whooping yeah, that man, ass? getting slap, to see
0: badass Luke for a minute,
1: slapping them cheeks and eating them jeets. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it was pretty great. Um, and it shows. I think it's interesting the way they frame it up. You kind of might think you see a green light tape, so you're like, okay, he's right. not bad, but like the way he's moving. He feels like a Sith Lord.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Well, that's the, you know, Luke has this has a dark side to him that he's yeah. embraced more than once. He 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 tastes it every once in a while, which is again it's the balance. And they show it when he's crushing that one. You yeah. Know, like... <laughs> and
1: uh, I, you know, um, shout out to my boy, Simulu, aka Shang Chi. Spoiled it for me. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Friday morning, I checked Twitter, and then he says, Luke's pretty overpowered. Then I was like, dude. Bruh, Dude, not cool. I'm like, this is like, we're, I was like, this is like 9 a.m.
0: <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, give I'm it a sorry, day. Tom. I didn't get a spoiler. So it was when I saw the lone X Wing, that's when I guessed. Well, and so I'm watching
1: it and I'm already knowing, but I'm like, oh, one hand has flesh, one hand has, you know, one hand has the black glove. And I'm like, yep. You know, if you wanted to know, you can pause it before you actually just watch the whole thing. Because I guess if you're kind of just like dumbfounded, you're like, who is it and then
0: you know it's it's luke
1: so i but i do like the fact that he's still in his black suit like yes. i very much enjoy that this is that only black a few
0: suit. years remember after um uh return of the jedi yeah um, uh, so he's still at the basically at his prime prime jedi luke uh that would i would say that was i mean it's fan servicey but it didn't feel like a slap in the face fan servicey like the dark saber in season 1 did for me. So
1: I want to talk about it in our qualm section, but it's kind of sure, like a sure, double-faced sure. thing. Um, but uh, Faced. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, in terms of favorite parts, do we want to go into favorite characters or are we having more favorite parts, baby? Uh,
0: I mean, all, all, all in all, I'll say this is definitely in my top three for the season as far as episodes go. Oh. Not because of the Luke thing alone. Even without the Luke thing, I still think it would have made it up there. I think there's some really great dialogue. Man, uh, that tension between Bo-Katan and, and was was just really interesting to me and i'm excited to see how that plays out um and and the tension with the dark troopers and really getting to see their power was like terrifying that there's like hundreds of them being made whole platoon. and one was enough to almost take mando out so when he's punching him in the head over and over and over again i was like oh god that's that's cte baby yeah so uh no i could i could go on for a while but i think we we should move the show along to to the next section here. so Uh, favorite characters characters two baby i I gotta say i gotta say mando in this one i i've just his couple of fights were my favorites and that moment we get with grogu at the end is just enough for me to like Shout out to Pedro Pascal. Shout out to Filoni and Favreau for that moment and and Peyton Reed for shooting it. Like it's everyone involved. That was a, that was a really beautiful, like Tom said, it was a piece of cinema that y'all threw into this Disney plus show. Uh, You know, I, I think uh, for me, that's, it's gotta be Mando. Um, and then second character shoot, son, Mm, but I think Bo-Katan. Mm-hmm.
1: I will copy-paste. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, Din Djarin, um, he, yeah, he, he he's given the choice. And I think that that it was a good moment. And there was a moment that I felt good about him when they devised a plan and he said, I go alone. Like, it's, it's like, good. It felt good because, like, they're trying to devise this plan for this team. But, like, the mission here is to get the child back. And then also, bo has a reason to be in there. But also... You know, uh, Boba Fett has like this debt that he has to pay, so they're all going yeah. along with it. But you know, at the end of the day, this mission is Jaren's, You know, right? Um, and uh, I, I think for me, the highlight of Bo-Katan for me was in the bar, was when yeah, um, Casca and Boba Fett are fighting, and she says, Enough. "If if we shown half the spine as this, then Mandalorian wouldn't we wouldn't we wouldn't, we wouldn't Mandalore? Have, yeah, wouldn't yeah. have lost Mandalore." Um, so like I see that and that's why for me, I'm like, and she continually is just like, I hope after this, you know, before this moment, she's like, I hope after this, like you do reconsider, come and help out the Mandalorians. And I'm like, oh, can
0: I, can I give one more shout out to a favorite moment before we move on to qualms? It's the standoff in the uh, transport ship when they board the transport ship between Cara Dune and the empire guy where they're trading jabs that I never even thought would be like Oh Yeah. Yeah, right? like I, I, when I, she I, says when he's like, I was on the Death Star and she says, which one? Mm-hmm. That's an insult. That's like, a, I don't give a shit about all the people who died. Well, like, also, it's kind of like
1: we killed both of them. So,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, Haha, not, you know, very funny. Uh, and I just thought that moment was really well done. And um, yeah, I, I liked that scene a lot. Um, yeah, I actually
1: thought between all that, too, was just the uh, the jargon. Um, mm-hmm. there was a lot of, you know, like I, I'm not a fan of Dang Farrick. I think that's a little too much on the nose. But like um they they mentioned like, you know, you're this kind of person. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And that's yeah. to me like the whimsy of Star Wars where we get to have fun and live in. Um, because I remember watching again the animated series and hearing a bunch of those kind of things. I'm like, I don't know what these mean. And I'm not supposed to know. That's totally fine. If I want to know, I would read the book. Um, but like it makes it feel like, okay, cool. Like I I yeah. am just a visitor here and getting
0: to know what her teardrop tattoo is for. Mm-hmm. It's um, for, you know, losing her planet.
1: Um also to shout out to Peyton Reed too, a little bit of um there were the wipes and there were the circle transitions. Mhm. And I was yeah, like, it felt oh, yeah. very nice. It's like I remember a Star Wars, you know, so <laughs> um it it felt it felt good to see that back in here. Um compared to season 1. Um but in terms of qualms now that we're here. Yes. Um you know that TikTok filter face. So I, I posted like I post it, it about it. Like, it's it's a just a notch above Cavill mustache.
0: Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's less distracting than Cavill mustache. I'll give yeah. you that much. But man, it looked like a filter that comedians put on to do impressions of celebrities. Like if someone was doing a Mark Hamill impression, that's the. It didn't blink. It didn't. What, move, what's, like, what's
1: the What's the app where you put your face on like Iron Man? Oh yeah. Uh
0: face app. <laughs> face app that's what that face was. App. Really. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like uh it didn't bother me enough to to um Yeah, we're not you know, gonna trash the episode. To to well to take away from the moment that was happening. Oh yeah. But it was definitely like come on, man, I've seen what you can do. <laughs> yeah. I've seen what you can do, Disney. Come I've all, seen boy. you like you said, and in, in, I think in some social media, I've seen you de-age Michael Douglas. I've seen what it's you did. It's the same to, director, Pink yeah. I've seen, like, you know Disney. On, I've seen you de-age everybody over the last ten. Look what you did to Sam Jackson's was uh, you know I couldn't even tell.
1: Yeah, uh, that
0: balls there was CGI out. going Kurt on. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell was well. That was a mix of makeup and everything, which is like really impressive. But that but yeah, that's Kurt Russell done, man. And they
1: could have had a little age. Like, it didn't feel like they were. They they're
0: trying to go exactly.
1: For yeah. Return of the Giant. Um, like you could have them a little older.
0: I'm hoping if they move forward with showing any more Luke, that they kind of they hear the feed. I'm sure they're hearing the feedback on that. Yeah, um, where they're like, look, we got somehow, we got away with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill went to the internet and said, like, the true triumph of the show is that they kept quiet for over two years. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I, I agree with that. It's to me. I I do want to see like a you know the 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 odds whatever the, the these years the twenty teens of like the best kept Hollywood secrets of like Thor's body Ezra Miller showing up on CW's Flash like these I'm like no one heard about this <laughs> like how did you guys keep this a secret it's like
0: so good yeah so, it, it, I don't know how no one that's huge yeah which it's I, huge.
1: I, I I'm I'm very. I, I, I will echo that. I'm
0: like, yeah. The fact there was no leak is very big,
1: uh-huh. um,
0: and it but, was, uh, you know, uh, fan getting into fan service. I'm interested to hear what you had to say. Well, the one because that's be- my only real big qualm of the episode is that CGI man. Well, my
1: my beyond before the fan service, another qualm I had is actually, um, it's one of your parts is when, um, Moff Gideon is kind of like, you know. Uh, tormenting Bo-Katan and Din Djarin of the price of having the Darksaber. Um, sure. Because I think Bo-Katan could have done all that instead of him. And I think he could have just been there halfway through. Like, it became, like, this whole moment of, like, Kitty Sackoff having to look and then, like, do these physical nuances. And I'm like, those are great. But, like, John Gian- Carlo Esposito is just, like, having to just utter, like, exposition. Sure, um, I see that. And yeah. so for me, I would have like wanted like K-Saka was like, you know, it was like, what happened? And then she's like, no, what happened? And it's like, why do you have the dark saber and he doesn't? You know, like these kind of things where it's like, oh shit, you know, tur- flip, you know, turn the table around versus him's like, he, she can't take it because blah blah blah. It must, but blah 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 blah. If she doesn't, or
0: cut it, him I'm, off like- and then take over. You know, I didn't mind him starting it because it was yeah. Kind of his idea. Well, to be like, like this will be interesting. It's the through line, but then being like, then then take it and then she could be like, I can't.
1: Well, it, it, you know, there could have been this line of like uh, you know, why do you have it he doesn't and then he's like it doesn't matter you take it and then he says she that. can't. And then he's like why and then she's like because I have to win it in order to reclaim my you know, my place blah blah. blah. But he says it all. So I'm like I love Jean Carlos and I could hear him talk. I would want him to like, you know, be my Let's announcer. Getting him on Audible. <laughs> yeah. So, uh but I was just like I think Katie Sackhoff could have done it and been you could have had this moment and like I don't know if they were like, we want her to be like this stone cold leader who is now faced with this terrible decision. Yeah. But I think you could have had some humanity of like, well shit, okay. baby. And so I, I mean dig that. Yeah, I think that give her a little bit more. Yeah, I do like what he says though, of like, well, maybe you'll have another chance. And I'm like, I'm hoping that we do get to Mandalore and there's a moment where you know Jaren is helping rebuild Mandalore. And there is a moment where like he will have to fight her at some point, and we're always just working toward this like supposed fight, yeah. and maybe he, she actually wins it from him because again yeah. he's not the best fighter. So no. I'm. But it would have to be a battle to the death. Does it may, it may or may not be. Maybe they do the same thing what they did with Bill Burr. Sad that True. he died, you know, and then yeah. he pieces out. So like, and that's the thing again with Din Djarin, and I think again with investor day I I'm proven I think I was proven correct of like The Mandalorian is just the show that just backdoor pilots yeah everything. Yeah. You're um, right.
0: so um, the other yeah, so now the big, big big
1: big conversation is a fan service thing. Um and I pull a lot from um from the Patrick Willems your boy. Yeah my boy. Um and so to quote everyone who I don't let, agree with a lot. Yeah like. to let everyone know who he is. He is a video essayist if you haven't heard of him already. Um, He talks about, like, Star Wars and how audience talked about Star Wars and what they want from Last Jedi and other films. What's his big catchphrase, Tom? Um, It's a film about space wizards intended for children. Yeah. Um, So a lot of people, you know, this is kind of in response to Last Jedi and how Luke was portrayed. And his thesis is that um, people just want a Wikipedia article. Uh, Audience of Star Wars want to feel validated for knowing all this lore. so So they want Snoke to be Plagueis. They want, you know... Ray to be a Skywalker or a Palpatine or a Kenobi or whatever to feel validated. And so he even, like, called this out three years ago and said, what people would have wanted was a Luke Skywalker redoing the Rogue One scene. And then what happened on the season? Luke Skywalker redoing the Rogue One sequence. And so to me, I'm like, it's not terrible but it's like it's not like the most offensive term form of fan service like again to me i'll always hold on chewy never asked for a fucking medal so yeah. why didn't we give it to him but this was like and this is why i say like it's fan he qualm but the thing i really really enjoy about this scene is not the fact that he does it and it's shot very similarly but the fact that they included luke that it wasn't yeah. ezra miller because I think there is this sense- Ezra, and, Ezra Bridger. Ezra Bridger, yeah, my bad. Um, there is this <laughs> sense of like kind of similar to what Warner Brothers did with Batman Begins and the Batman animated series, is that they did not let the animated series use characters that they were going to use in the film to confuse audiences. Mm. And so what I think with Star Wars, Lucasfilm, Disney has an opportunity is to rip that fucking Band-Aid off and be like, all the mainstay characters are up for grabs. Bring Mace Windu back. Bring fucking Luke Skywalker. I, if they, I think that's cool to me. Yeah, because it stops saying that these worlds are so separated,
0: right? And I think Which there's I dig. A,
1: there's there's not enough risk being taken with it.
0: Yeah, you know I, mean? I mean, I'll agree with you. I think there is. You know, the Chewbacca thing has always bothered me. And while the metal thing was like, oh, here it is. 40 years later, it just felt like either you should have done it in the first one or have it be a thing. Make it, you know, make it a character. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Make it a character point that he doesn't want the medal or he didn't. So, you know, that's the best you can do, but to give him that medal at the end, even though like, as you know, I've been very public about having like mixed emotions about them, them sequels. uh, While it felt good in the moment, looking back on it, I don't enjoy the fact that they included that because it just took away from everything else that was going on to definitely like wink at the audience and be like, see, See, we, we, we got Chewie. It, it, and it didn't feel like this. In this, it wasn't like, "See, Luke's here." And, and to, uh, it, to quote more. Bird- yeah, go ahead, Moment. that's all. I was just gonna say, in the lore, lore sense, it makes sense because there aren't any other Jedi. Mm-hmm. There aren't. Ezra's missing. Ahsoka doesn't want to do it, and Leia's not trained. So who's it got to be? It's got to be Luke. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, we don't
1: see other Jedi until Last Jedi, and then those are immediately retconned out. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, I. Um, to quote Mark Bernardin, it's like, when you start seeing that the filmmakers have a better relationship with their audience than the characters, mm-hmm. that, like, a lot of things become hollow as a sure. story. Um, yeah. Because if you were to retell someone who'd never experienced it, like, oh, and then Chewie gets this medal, it's like, why'd he get a medal? It's like, well, because he didn't get in in the first movie. It's like, did he want a medal? You know, you ask those questions and that's the thing. You have to start engaging with the medium and start asking it questions like, well, why? Well, why? And for me, this is where I want to kind of transition out of qualms into like future prediction sure yeah, yeah I would be so fucking pissed and this is this is me who likes to who like doesn't like kids in movies right if Kylo Ren fucking killed Grogu
0: <laughs> oh yeah
1: no I I'd be very that. upset cause I'm like y-, cause Luke is gonna take him Luke is gonna take him and yeah. maybe make the Jedi Academy yeah and
0: Kylo Ren might have killed them all. I'm like, oh, no. But we have to remember that's still, like, what, 40 years? But Grogu's 50 years old now. Yeah, so he'll be, like, 90. He'll probably go off on his own by he then, He might right? still be a baby. <laughs> like, Who I don't know I'm how hoping, Yeah. I'm hoping. Uh, and so, I'm hoping. Like, I, yeah, yeah, I hope he lives.
1: Maturity. But that's where, like, the Tom, the Tom Star Wars, you yeah, like, no, no. Kylo I get Ren that. I've, seen, I've seen
0: that around, too, because it is impossible. It's not uh, out of. The reason to, to believe that. Yeah. Um, because it, that we all know where it heads. Uh we do have a big end, end scene spoiler. Or end scene. Yeah, I wanted to because t- like for predictions for Mandalorian, I think Reclaim Mandalore for the love of God. Reclaim Mandalore, and I think that Grogu is gonna show up uh towards the towards the mid part of the season. You better uh, he better speak some fucking common or basic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I, I I, to me honestly I don't have any predictions for season three as far as like the Grogu Din, Din Djarin uh, storyline I don't I think Luke's going to take him I think we're going to get very minimal Luke unless they can fix that CGI I think we're going to get very minimal stuff on that mm-hmm. Um, but uh, like I'm to be honest I'm I am more interested in this dark saber thing right now
1: yeah I, I, uh, I, I and, think and Mandalore. Yeah. I think there has to be a moment where there is this like Bo-Katan and Jaren have to have this relationship of like we know don't want to fight. We don't want to yeah. fight, but we know what's at stake and this yeah. needs to happen. And like I I would be here for it. and I'm just like, I like this is again, like people are talking about like this vacuum of Game of Thrones. and I'm like, this could be it. And mm-hmm. what I've also learned from this show is that I hate the short episodes. I absolutely yeah. hate the short episodes. The long episodes, like the Mandalorian show, needs to be hour-long dramas, and they need to stick to that. I think for yeah, me, I'd be down with that. I think the whole audience would be down with that. And that's the thing where it's like it can't be a thirty-minute western. Then it has to be an hour-long drama and stick yeah. to drama. And so, like as much as people enjoyed, like hey, cool, short little Star Wars, you know, like I don't have to invest two hours into it. But it's like the hour-long just kind of gives you more richness of like where can to breathe. Go. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, the let's book of move Bo- on to the this, book of Boba this, Fett.
0: the book of Boba Fett. So we get this after credit scene that just almost steals the whole show, almost steals this whole episode for me. Right. So we, we go back that. to, yeah. to Jabba Hutt's palace, um, and, uh, on Tatooine and we see, um, Bib Fortuna mm-hmm. all large and in charge, uh, of this palace and, um, you know, Fennec and Boba come in busting heads. And, and Bid, Bid uh, Fortuna
1: be looking like how we look like in 2020 after, yeah, World. man. So, you know, um, like a little
0: thick. Which was a cool, which was a cool throwback. I always thought, you know, very um, striking character, obviously very recognizable character. Um, and he's taken over the the Hut Palace. Like this is it. Boba sits on the throne with Fennec. Um, so Boba really Grog. hasn't has he really become an all around good guy? No. Not really. He's about to take over the the underworld of crime on Tatooine. I
1: always say this: gangsters, you know, in in our world, are you know not seen as great people. But again, in space, in fantasy space world, Boba Fett being like Boba the Hutt, you know, like yeah, I I think it's fine because then now you have access channels to get things that yeah. either the Republic or the the Empire would have had. And I think he's just, you know, staking, you know, like, uh, cooking his books to where, like, the Empire's
0: back. So I gotta yeah. make sure,
1: like, I'm gonna be cool.
0: I got a place in it. Yeah. Um. Here's my my two cents on it. Am I excited for a Boba Fett-focused show? Hell yeah. Am I nervous? Also, hell, hell yeah.
1: I think, in all honesty, if Boba Fett becomes, like, this godfather-like character and Fennec is, like, this you know, assassin. I'm yeah, I'm here for it. And I really want to see like kind of like a little bit more of like what other bounty hunters are doing. And maybe like a little breaking badness of like this is Boba Fett having to understand what the criminal underworld is and then also making sure that the
0: people who he enlists don't kill him as well. You know, where... Yeah, I mean, mean, here's the thing. I'm excited because Boba Fett is awesome. Mm -hmm. Fennec is awesome. Uh, I'm excited that uh, Tamara Morrison is getting the opportunity to play this character that he's obviously loved for a very long time um, and going to pour his heart into, as he always does. But one of the cool things about Boba Fett is that air of mystery Mm. and that he's larger than life and, and these legends have existed about him, right? So there's part of me that's a little nervous, is this going to demystify this character too much? I think, for me,
1: where Filoni thrives is pulling small, extended lore stuff. But also, he expanded upon Boba Fett in Clone Wars. And so, what I would like to see, and so... But not to the extent where he had his own... Show Yeah, show. of course. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you see him as a young kid working with Jabba and then, you know, being even though he was, like, l- learning to become this great warrior, he was like, I'm honorable, though. You know, like, I don't fight people when they're, like, sick or, you know, I don't do tricks to, like, beat my enemies. I fight them when they're at their peak. Right. Um, and so I would like to see some of that. And this is calling a little bit of Marvel comic books. So after the Secret Wars event, all the Marvel universes became one universe. And so Old Man Logan... Showed up in um, the the six one six universe, but what he did was he had this list on his wrist on his arm of all the people that he wanted to kill, um, oh. and I would like to see if Boba does that with this, and he takes down every single person from his past who like did him wrong, and then so him and Fennec do that. Yeah, I'd be cool with that. And so like yeah. you get a I little mean, bit of
0: like him young young him, and you can maybe get maybe the are same we gonna actor? get a TV mature on this? Why not? I mean, again. Tweet. I would hope so. It's probably going to be PG, right? It's Disney. But it, it, to really, like, I I would love, again, I I love that we got a Wolverine movie rated R. It does not mean I want every superhero movie rated R, True. y'all. I want the select ones that, like, should be. Mm-hmm. is great. Like, Deadpool, obviously, rated R. It makes sense. Uh, I don't need a, uh, you know, Squirrel Jubilee Girl. movie. Squirrel Girl. <laughs> I don't need Jubilee rated R. I don't need it. Uh, but I'm, I would love a TV mature Boba Fett show, yeah. Um, um think about so it, y'all. Just think about it. Anyway, cut the check. Disney sent to us. Complete. We got it. Uh, y'all. I would say overall, Felony, I love you, man. Give him the keys. You got the keys to my Star Wars heart, and I. What you did with season two, uh, yes, more of it. Yes. In season three, please, less of season one. Yeah. So in the terms, so you like season two more than season one.
1: Like tenfold, my okay. friend. Tenfold. Uh, I'm like, I'm by in the far. same boat. Not tenfold, but I'm like, I thoroughly enjoyed season two much more. And But I mean, that's what happens with TV shows. They understand who they are, and then season two is sometimes like the best shit. So yeah. hopefully they can just make it better on season two. Yep. but it comes back 2021
0: yep. or if we no, go to Mandalore I'm, I'm in let's yeah. buckle up let's, I do need it. It. let's go to Mandalore
1: alright man take us out alright everyone thank you for listening I hope you enjoyed tell us what you thought of Mandalorian season 2 um, hit up us Hit us up on that discord nerdon.tv backslash discord we have a Mandalorian chat talk to us about the stuff it's spoilerful it's all goodness um, we love all of you who's been uh, enjoying the show and allowing us to just get our nerd on about it Um, Please take care of everyone I know it's the holidays Um, It's cold outside, baby And travel's kind of hard to do right now Because, you know, there's things going on in the world That are beyond our control Be safe Yeah, um, and uh, we hope to hear from you next year When we do this thing Um, If there's still an internet I don't know, things can change (laughs) Um, Is
0: it Y2K, Tom? (laughs)
1: Yeah, Y2K, microphones don't work Um, But yeah, uh, let us know what your thoughts are Take care of each other Uh, You know the drill, as always. Nerd on. Ending broadcast.